God is good, isn't he? All the time. All the time. And everything he does is good. James took us to a verse last week. I'm going to refer back to it briefly. So if you want to get this verse ready, I'm going to put the reference up on the screen. It's Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. James referred to this verse as he was just beginning to talk about uh, faith and particularly hope. Our God is a God of hope. Never forget that. And not like worldly hope, wishy-washy hope, it might not happen hope. He's a God of certain hope. Biblical hope. And as I was reading the verse and even contemplating it through the week, it it, it struck me that suddenly I had misread it. And so this is why I want to start this morning. And I believe the Lord wants to do some things among us this morning. So Romans 15, 13. So I'm reading uh, from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is what James read from last week. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's the only verse I'll put on the screen because I'd like you to see it. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. Yes. Yes? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And I misread it because immediately I thought, I love that he's the God of hope and I love to overflow. He's the God of hope and I love to overflow. And I thought this is wonderful, fantastic. And the Lord just told me that you've missed it. There's a hinge. It hinges on something. I don't know if you've spotted that because we want the overflow. We want the God of hope. But there's something we have to do. And so I've just moved the words around just so you can see how this verse actually flows. As you trust in him, the God of hope will fill you with all joy. Everyone say all. All. Not some, not partial. All joy and peace. So that by the power of of the Holy Spirit, you may overflow with hope. He's the God of hope. He wants us to overflow with hope. But the key is this, I have to put my trust in him. I can't skip that bit. I want to focus in on who he is and what he wants me to do. But there's a consequence if I don't put my trust in him. And this morning is a chance and opportunity that we can put our trust in the God of hope, knowing that as we do that, his word is faithful and true. He will fill us with what? All joy and all peace, so that by the power of his Holy Spirit, we may overflow into all the world. Is there anyone here who wants to overflow with hope? Anybody here who have neighbors, work colleagues, family members, you want to overflow with hope to? Then put your trust in the Lord. I trust you. For who you are. We're called to overflow with hope. That is really the essence of the Christian life. It's to give ourselves away. I don't know when you became a Christian what you thought you were signing up for in many things. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And the kingdom of God that we belong to now is is not like any other kingdom. If you want to be great in this kingdom, you have to become the least. If you have any aspiration to lead, then you need to learn what it is to serve. If you want to get, 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 I'm not sure this is the kingdom for you because this is the kingdom where we give, give, give. That's That's the kingdom we live in, but God is so good that as we do these things, as we give, as we give, as we give, I just can't outgive God. And he gives and he gives and he gives. 
and say, no, Lord, I want to give, give, give. I want to overflow with hope. Then that's wonderful. And now give, give, give. Why? Because there's a constant giving away of ourselves. That's the example that Jesus came. That's what Jesus came to do. This is what happened at Pentecost. For you, those of you familiar with the story, you can read it in from the end of uh, Luke's gospel into Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, now don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave the city until uh, my Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you'll receive power in that day. Not just the power to do the cool stuff that gets the headlines. Power to witness. Can I say this? Power to overflow. You'll receive this. And because they trusted him, they waited. And because they trusted him, he filled them. And because he, fi- they, he filled them, they literally, from the room that they're in, overflowed with hope into the world. That's the life that we're called to live. And Jesus was a wonderful example. I'm just enjoying reading about the life of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if any time the Word of God feels a little bit, I don't know where to start, I don't know where to go, can I encourage you, read about Jesus. Read about his life. Growing up in my my dad's house, my dad gave me lots of wisdom, but one of the things, certain things just stick with you, and one of them was this. If Jesus said it, say it. If Jesus did it, do it. If Jesus thought it, think it. We are called, Paul says, to imitate Christ. So if you don't know what to read, read about him. In fact, let's read about him right now. If you'll turn with me to the Gospel of Mark and chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. We're called to overflow with hope. I wasn't born again for heaven when I die. That's not why I got the ticket. The ticket said you were born again to bring heaven to earth and to do things now. There's a wonderful assurance that I have no fear over de- about death. I have no fear about what may happen. I, know, I have no fear that one day I'll stand before the judge of all and be able to give a wonderful account because I've put my trust in him. But that's, that's, that's not for now. But God has called us to do things right now, to overflow with hope into the world that where we live. And that's just the life Jesus lived. Wherever he went... The hope that was in him flowed out of him. The reality that was in him affected those around him. Have you noticed that? He can walk into lots of different situations and there's angst and people trying to catch him out and lots of different things and it just didn't affect him because he knew who he was, what he was sent to do and in fact he turned everything on his head and the reality that was so true and strong on the inside came out as he overflowed with hope and affected those and situations around him. That's what we're called to do, to follow his example. And we could look at lots of different examples of Jesus' life, but the Lord turned me to this one for this morning because there's somebody here who just needs to hear something that's in this particular story. We're going to read how Jesus said, let's go over to the other side and a storm uh, comes seemingly out of nowhere and the disciples begin to panic. They think they're going to drown. They don't think they're going to make it to the other side, even though Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And the reason the Lord turned me to this particular uh, story of Jesus' life is because just this week, somebody in this auditorium prayed those very words, I don't think I'm going to make it. And Jesus wants you to know you're going to make it to the other side. And you're going to make it because Christ is with you. Okay? So let's read this. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd... They took, with, they, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. 
and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus awoke, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus lived a life that trusted the Lord. He was full of joy and peace. He was righteous. Their kingdom qualities for the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Wherever he went, Our king of the kingdom, that's what he displayed, that's what he manifested. Wherever he went, and because he was so full, wherever he went, he simply overflowed with hope. And it didn't matter that as a storm that came out of nowhere, this is not a natural storm. These were seasoned fishermen. They would have known the clouds. They would have known the, the climate. They would have known what was coming up. They would have had a read on the weather. Something came up supernaturally, a storm out of nowhere to try and make them all perish. But Jesus, knowing who he was and knowing what he was about to do, could go to the back, grab a cushion, and fall asleep. Meanwhile, the waves are literally, the text we just read, are literally breaking, not around the boat, but into the boat. The boat is filling up with water. The disciples, fishermen, who know what it's like, they're panicking. They think this is the end, and Jesus is so calm, he's asleep on a cushion? Don't you care? We're going to perish. Jesus, teacher, don't you care? And he wakes up. And because of what was in him, he could look at the storm and say, peace, be still. And immediately the wind would cease. And we read, and not just a calm, not just a bubble, a great calm came upon the water. But whoever it was that needed to hear that story this morning, that's a true story. 100% it happened. And Jesus says to you, he's with you. And he's speaking to the storm right now and he's saying, peace, be still. And you're going to know a great calm. The situation which is troubling you, where you feel everything is just crashing into your boat and overwhelming you. You've left Jesus sleeping at the back. It's time to say, Lord Jesus, I need you. And he'll speak to your storm. Peace, Be still. Storm, wind, cease right now. You will make it to the other side because Jesus is in your boat and that's where he's going. Okay? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus led this life so full of hope, peace, and joy that he affected those around him and he affected everything around him. He knew he was going over peace, be still. And the reality that was within him literally overflowed and affected everything that was around him. And it led me to ask the question, how does he do that? How did Jesus do that? And very simply, I want to talk to you this morning that Jesus knew the voice of his father. Jesus knew the voice of his father. 
In fact, Jesus was very uh, explicit about this. He gives us a glimpse into his life. If you read John 5 and you read John 12, first of all, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. There was a sense that Jesus lived his life always with his gaze fixed heavenward. What are you doing, Lord? I'll do that. What are you doing now, Lord? I'll do that. He goes on in chapter 5, verse 30. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And Jesus knew the benefit of listening to his father. I don't know if you're a, a member here or a visitor here, first time, second time, a long time. doesn't matter who you are. We are all called to know this. God the Father speaks. And he's speaking right now. In fact, God speaks all the way through the Bible. If you've got your Bible, just open the front cover for me. That's roughly where Genesis is. You know, bear in mind the preface and the table of contents. Okay? For all the way from Genesis, God speaks. Let there be light. Light be God spoke and it came into being. And then you begin to flip through the Bible depending on what month you're in. Hopefully getting to Revelation by December, wrapping it up around December 31st, feeling really good about yourself. You get all the way to the end of Revelation and God is still speaking. And Jesus says aloud, behold, I am coming soon. And there you have between your covers of your Bible, Genesis to Revelation, this wonderful arc of God speaking to us. The Bible is his self-revelation. He is revealing himself through his written word, his spoken word. He's speaking all the time. It echoes, you see this all the way through scripture. And the prophets, just they're, they're hearing God and they're speaking. They're hearing and they're speaking. They're looking and they're hearing and they're speaking all the way through. A few weeks ago, I took the students of Covenant College down to the lake near Roth Park. said, right, your task is this. You're going to walk. You can go in any direction you want. You've got an hour. And just to walk around with your eyes open, obviously, there's a lake. <laughs> walk around with your eyes open and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask him to, give you, to speak to you about his church. Ask him to speak to you about the kingdom. And when you've done that, we're going to meet in that coffee shop in one hour. And so they set off. And so, which way are you going? Are you going that way? I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this way. Oh, no, we're backtracking. And then and finally, I said, Lord, what is it you want to show me? And thankfully, he showed me something straight away. And I said, great, I'm going to get a coffee. It was really cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed sitting in there, my coffee. And then lo and behold, someone else was out for a walk around the same lake. And they came and sat with us and just said, you know what, Dave, God's often spoken to me here. Just by what we see, God is speaking all the time. And then one by one, the students come in and the coffee is poured. And we just begin to share, this is what the Lord told me about the church. This is what the Lord told me about the kingdom. This is what the Lord told me for you. This is what the Lord told me. Do you think just from walking around a lake? No, you've missed the point. Just from fixing our gaze and listening to what the Father is saying. God is a speaking God. He's speaking right now. He's speaking all the time. It's as real as the music which is playing in this room right now. It's as real as the music and the sounds which are in this room right now. Listen. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Anyone hear that? It's not much to listen to, but wait. Let's just listen carefully now. There's so much going on. 
lots of things there. And isn't, isn't life like that sometimes? You're trying to hear God, you're in a bit of a rush. Lord, you've got to speak to me today. What was that, Lord? No, I'm just trying to get you on the way there. So I'm, I'm, I'm really late for work. I just, I'll speak to you in the car. What? Isn't life like that a little bit? You know, if we slow down, take our time. Yeah? Feeling good. Feeling better. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who that is. Rushing around. So much stuff. Loads of distractions as well. Do you notice the amount of distractions that are out there when you're trying to, Lord God, I'm just going to dedicate, I'm going to have time with you right now. I'm going to have time, I'm going to shut everything else aside. Lord Jesus, I'm even, I'm going to go into a quiet place where I know you'll speak to me and I open my word and Lord Jesus, just speak to me. Oh, I'm so hungry. No, no, Lord, I'm so hungry. I've got to get the kids. What? I've just got to, so many things. Bombard, 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 bombard. And there's loads of static out there. It's just, it's just nothing. So much distraction. But can I encourage you as you just listen? Somebody shazam me. I have no idea what this song is. Okay. Yeah. That's you. That's me. That's us. But God's speaking all the time. But you get this, don't you? If you've seen this, this is just, this is what was happening on right now. There's so much noise. There's so much distraction. There's so much that would try and pull you this way. And that. But we said, Lord, as I trust in you, you'll fill me with hope and joy that I might overflow by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, you'll, I'll overflow with hope. But I can't hear God when I'm like that. It's something we've got to do. We've got to, got to learn. Um, I've called it this. You've got to cut through the static. You've got to cut through the white noise, the stuff that will just fill the space around you but means nothing. It takes discipline. Dave talked about it, just bringing the announcements, about foundations. Foundations aren't glamorous. No one looks at Buckingham Palace and says, oh, what lovely foundations. But no one looks at the the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, three quarters of a mile high, and says, oh, those 50-meter steel rods which go down, they are awesome. But that's the truth. Before one brick was laid vertical, they piled down into a rock for 50 meters. Foundations aren't glamorous. Foundations, they take time. Foundations, uh, they t- they're hard work to dig a foundation. I had to dig a trench in my back garden. Some of you came to help me. I, I-, I nearly died. <laughs> Digging clay. It wasn't even rock, it was clay. Foundations aren't pretty, but we've got to take the time. Because God is speaking. And we need to be those who hear his voice. We need to be those who can cut through the static all the time. You can turn the dial so quickly on your life and you can miss what God wants to say. And before you know it, there's so much white noise and so much busyness. Because life is busy. Life is busy. And don't be afraid of busyness. Just rule it. No, don't let everything that comes your way fill your schedule. There are certain things which you need to do. There are certain things that we like to do. But there are certain things which, for whatever reason, just because we have to learn that we are people who are digging foundations, I want to spend time with God and listen to what he's saying. It may be a good thing, but right now that is illegitimate for me. 
because I've got to give myself to this. Otherwise, I'm filling, I'm filling, I'm filling. It's static all the time. But I want to live a life that's overflowing by the Holy Spirit. I want to live a life like Jesus led, that wherever he went, that this reality that was in him would just flow out of him and affect the lives of those around him. That won't happen for us while we're rushing around, filling our lives with so much static and filling ourselves with so much things. We've got to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. Another reason why we've got to cut through the static is because this is not to put fear into one's heart, but there is another voice out there. There's a voice of one who tries to twist and deceive and lie. You read about him in Genesis 3. You can call him Satan, Lucifer, the devil. I don't like to give him too much airtime, but I want you to know he is real, but he's not an anti-God. He's not just a, a, an evil version of God. He's a fallen, created being. If we're going to talk about him, let's at least admit this is who he is. He's not like God, but bad. He's a created being. But he turns up and he says this. The first words that are recorded out of his mouth are this. Did, 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 did God really say that? Are you sure that's what God said? Yeah, he, he, he said I needed to do this. Well, are you sure? I mean, did he say exactly that? Is there any wiggle room in there? No, it was fairly black and white. Are you sure? Because I see gray. I mean, I just see the blurring. There is someone out there who will try and twist and lie. But the accuser of the brothers, as he's called, in Revelation 12, we read this. He has been hurled down. So you don't need to listen to him. In fact, the only voice you need to listen to is the Lord's. And when he, if he comes to you, if he tries to, you hear any time, he's trying to twist this, he's trying to pull me into this, he's trying to tempt me in this, or whatever it is, you can simply say this. You can pick up the word of God and say, your word says, Lord, if I resist the devil, he will flee from me. He will flee from me. And we are able to resist the devil. Why? Because we are filled as we trust in the Lord with all joy and all peace so that by the power of his Holy Spirit we may overflow with hope by the God of hope. Hearing God is not just about Sundays. Hearing God is just not for a two-hour portion on a Sunday morning or a two-hour portion on a Wednesday or a Thursday evening or when the musicians get together or when the youth get together. It's for life. He is speaking all the time. I want to encourage you. Different people have different ways that the Lord speaks to them, but I want to encourage you. God wants to speak to you. And if you can just make some time, say, Lord, that guy on Sunday, he said you wanted to speak to me. I'd like to know more about that. Hi, coach, you find some time just to go for a walk, just to open your Bible. We'll look at a few little things now because here's one thing we learned, but we are called to listen and overflow by the Holy Spirit, okay? And it's for everywhere. It's for everywhere we go. You know, God is so good and gracious to us. It's, it's even for the... It's even for the little seemingly non-consequential things. The other day, my wife came home. An engine light had come on her car. You kind of look to the manual. I'm not like a carsy person at all. The fact that I use the word carsy is any sort of indicator of that. I'm not mechanically minded whatsoever. So we're looking through the manual. I correct myself. Zoe was looking through the manual and worked out that, okay, it's something to do with the brake fluid. Aha, a fluid. Okay, that's about my level. I can check fluids and stuff. I'll go and check the fluids right now. I'm a husband. I'm a man of the house. Yeah. Lever. Go to do the bonnet. Lever. 
catch, catch, catch. I could not get the bonnet up. The thing was welded down. Like, oh no. My wife is driving around with a car that's saying, low brake fluid, and we live at the top of a hill. You know, it's like, good stuff. Okay, Lord, you've got to help me. Okay, I'm going to take the car. Oh, when, I'm sure last time I took it in, they fixed that. So I get the receipt. Yeah, I've got to fix it. Oh, man, it was that garage because it was a Groupon voucher. I went, I've got to go all the way down there. Oh, Lord. But okay, fine, I'll make a plan to do it. And then just as I'm about, I get the keys from Zoe on a Thursday, and I'm just about to go all the way down into Cardiff to a place that was quite a way away. Felt quite busy and things I wanted to do. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, don't go there. Go there instead, just around the corner. Just go there. Lord, he, he didn't fix it. This guy, I've, I've got a receipt that says if I go to somewhere else, the Holy Spirit just said, just go there. I drove there, I opened, hello, hello, it's me again, the guy with the Renault. <laughs> oh, bolting the doors. Um, I felt that he was going to say, what is it this time? Um, so I'm really sorry, I just can't get my bonnet, bonnet open, uh, uh, brake fluid, da 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 So he came out, he basically said, pull the lever, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, pull the lever again, okay. And I watched him, this technical, mechanical term, and he went like this, <laughs> and punched my car. And the bonnet went, wow. This guy's like some sort of like mechanic ninja boxer. Love that. And he looked straight away at the brake fluid. <laughs> said, you know, sir, your brake fluid is low. He says, yes, that's why I'm, partly why I'm here. He said, would you like me to fill it up for you? So I'm thinking, I'm looking all online, brake fluid, which one's this? All these different ones. So he just fills it up, great. I said, I said thank you. He shows me how to punch the car in the future. And so in case I ever need, should I ever need, ever need a car punching? I'm your guy. Shows me how to do it. And I think, wonderful, thank you. So what, what's the charge? Oh, no, don't worry about it. On your way. And he sends me on my way. Lord, wow. First of all, bless him. Bless him. Oh, Lord, thank you. You've saved me time. You've saved me money. You've saved my wife's life. You've saved. You've saved all these things. No, he just speaks. If you'll just listen. We recently had a thing as a uh, as a church. I won't say too much about it because it's going on. But where we'd been going into a, a prison in the area, just helping out, leading services, and suddenly we weren't allowed to go, and an accusation has been made. We're seeing it through, and uh, we weren't happy with the accusation. It's got no founding, no basis. So we're just following that up, not to cause trouble, because we say, look, you've said this, we'd like to get an audience with you to find out what that is. And uh, so I'm, we wrote a letter, didn't hear anything back. I sent the letter again, didn't hear anything back. I'm ringing, 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 all the time, just get the same answer phone message, answer phone message, leaving messages, no one's calling me back. I think it's quite frustrating now, and six weeks go by. I think, okay, I'm ringing, I've tried it again. And then I'm just doing something completely different. And the Holy Spirit says, ring the prison now. Ring, 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 ring. Doesn't go to answer a message. It just keeps ringing. Like, well, this, this is further than I ever got, I've ever got, Lord, so thank you for that. And suddenly this voice picks up. Hello? 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 Is that the prison? Yes. Right. Um, I'm trying to get hold of the director, so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh, they're not here. Right. But... I can give you a direct telephone number for her PA if you like. That would be wonderful. That would be fantastic. Now I'm trying to think, who am I speaking to? But all I can hear in the background are vacuum cleaners. I'm thinking, I think a cleaner, someone cleaning, has just walked past her phone and come. <laughs> Hello. 
at that moment that the Holy Spirit told me to ring the phone. I get an email. I think, oh, praise, thank you so much. You're welcome. Put the phone down. I ring my, straight away, I write an email. We send you this letter. You've not, we're very disappointed. Da, 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 da. Within four hours, a response. I'm very sorry about this, Mr. Shark. Da, 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 da. And it goes on. And now we are going to see them. Just in, just, in, just in a moment. God, it's like, it's, Lord, I seem to be banging my head against a brick wall. There seems to be a way, and it's such a little thing. But Lord God, I believe uh, you, you want to vindicate us. Call them now. Call them now. Hello. Hey, what? What's going on? It's just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, knowing that he wants to interact with us wherever we are, that the hope that's within us wants to overflow out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last year, my daughter, Amy Grace, was having some trouble sleeping. And it wasn't uncommon that she'd, she'd wake up and she'd be crying. And uh, we talked to her many times about, you know, do you want to become a Christian? No, not really. Do you want to become a Christian? No, not really. Anyway, so th- th- those, that's like a, a side thing. And then suddenly it's about four o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I'm certainly not a four o'clock in the morning person. So I hear my daughter crying. So I'm like, okay, go in. Okay. Not, not to kill myself by falling down the stairs. Okay. Sit on the bed. Hi, Amy Grace. What's the matter? <laughs> I, just, I just don't know. I just can't stop crying. Okay, I'm trying to have, I'm trying to wake up, trying to see where I am, trying to remember where I am, what my daughter's name is. I'm not a morning person. And I'm talking consoling, being dad number one. Now that's what you do. You know, I'm the best dad in the world. I got this completely. What's the matter? Come give me a cuddle. Come and sit on my lap. It's going to be okay. And the Holy Spirit says, "Ask her now if she wants to become a Christian." You say, "Maybe Grace." I believe Jesus could help you right now and help you sleep. Now we've talked. Would you like to become a Christian? I would. I would. Now I'm thinking as well, in my slightly kind of like, hang, wait a second. It's 4 a.m. I don't know where I am. Does she know where she is? What's going on? What's the reality of what's going on? But I felt the Holy Spirit say, just lead her to the Lord. So I led her to the Lord and said, now, Amy Grace, what's really good about becoming a Christian is that you get to tell other people about being a Christian. So if you remember anything of this conversation when you wake up, you need to go and tell someone, okay, asleep. Okay. I said, Lord, I'm walking back to my bed. Lord, thank you. Praise God. I trust that was what I think it was. (laughs) So Lord, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to get up in the morning and go about my business. And anyway, morning comes only a few hours later. And I'm just getting dressed, and I'm just uh, behind the door. Uh, Zoe's in, in one room, I was in another. And, and Amy, I heard Amy Grace come in. And I'm just getting changed, and I'm listening. What's she going to do? And I'm saying, Lord, please let there have been something real. And Amy, I hear Zoe say, how did you sleep? Oh, good, good, yeah. I think I woke up in the night. <gasps> I became a Christian last night. <laughs> and, I, and I'm in the other room. I'm in the other room with a dressing gown going. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants to talk to yeah. us. And there's no shortcuts. You've got to learn his voice. And that's where we have to do some what we call fine tuning. Yeah. It's turning the dial. There's a few things. But there are no shortcuts. Can I encourage you? There are no shortcuts for this. It's not a magic spell. It's not, you know, kind of like if I read my Bible every day, I won't get hit by a bus and God will speak to me. That's, uh, that's no, you, you, it's relationship. 
It's hearing his voice and it's knowing his voice. It's hearing his voice so clearly. You cut through the static that you think, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. Call the prison now. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. Go to that garage. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. Ask them if they want Jesus right now. It's hearing and knowing his voice. Hearing and listening are not the same thing. And what we said that perhaps another time. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. Jesus also also said this, be careful then how you hear. He didn't say how you listen, how you hear. When again you go all the way through, come December, you'll be in Revelation. Jesus is knocking on the door of the church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And all the way uh, through uh, the book of Revelation, the first few chapters, said, for him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So there's some fine tuning that we need to do without any shortcuts. The first one is this, prayer. Can I just say this without a long exposition on why we should pray? I just want to say this. We need to be a people of prayer. Now, the Lord has told us we are a house of prayer. Not a building, not a meeting. We are. That's who we are. We're a people who are called to pray. If you want to hear his voice. Now, I'm not talking about prayer as in you come with your list and you just tick it off one by one. You just like cash it with God and say, great, I look forward to seeing everything that I've asked for. He's not Santa Claus. I'm talking about prayer where it's Lord. It's so wonderful to be with you. And there may be things on my heart that I just want to share with him, but I also want to make time. Lord, what do you want to say to me? And I pray, and I hope you'll make time to pray. Jesus did. You'll find that Jesus knew the importance of drawing aside. It's interesting that on the night of his betrayal, Judas knew exactly where Jesus would be because he knew that Jesus would pull aside to a favorite place to pray. He had a habit, he had a discipline, he had a foundation of drawing aside so he could hear his father's voice. The second thing is this, this is not rocket science, we have to be people of the word. I love the word of God. And I don't mind what you're reading, how you're reading. If you want to read Genesis through Revelation or if you're one of those uh, brave people who came back to me and said, I just don't think I've got, I can do that. I can do this amount per day. I, 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 I'd like the weekends to be free so I can catch up if I've missed anything. And I don't really get parts of the Old Testament. I'd like something just about, uh, something that's applicable from the New Testament. Can you help me? We can help you. Yeah. And it's been a great privilege to be able to say, here's your reading plan. Here's your reading plan. Here's your reading plan. Go and enjoy the word of God. We've got to be people who pray. We've got to be people who love the word. Thirdly, I want to say this, and there's more to be said on this, but we have to be a people who speak in tongues. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up before the crowd and they ask him, what must they do to be saved after he's given the most eloquent and powerful of sermons, gospel messages ever? And he says this, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This comes on the back of the Holy Spirit had come and they over, literally were taken out of the room where they were in, overflowing with the power of speaking of tongues. It became something of an evidence that they looked for whenever they saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They saw an evidence of it in the speaking of tongues. Now, there's so much more we can say this, but all I will say is this. There is something so simple and yet profound in the speaking of tongues that we have to capture afresh what it is. I'm not talking about babbling. I'm not talking about, okay, set the clock, go, five minutes. I'm not talking about that. That's parrot fashion babbling. 
I'm talking about those who pray with their spirit to God who is spirit. I'm, praying, I'm talking about those people who, who, who know what it is. I don't really know what it is I need to pray for right now, Lord Jesus, but I have a groan within me that doesn't come out that seemingly I can't express. And then as you do that, God himself is able to speak into a situation. You suddenly receive the burden of God that you think, that's what I need to pray for. It's the unlocking of the supernatural. There is a key, church, that we need to rediscover and keep turning and keep turning and keep turning. And I want to encourage you, as much as you know that you should pray, as much as you know that you should read your Bible, you need to be a people, uh, somebody who is speaking in tongues and loves to. There's no shortcuts to learning to hear the voice of God. It's time. It's hard decisions. Drawing aside, pulling aside, particularly when there's so much that can vie for your attention. But the reward is so great. The reward outweighs the, the, the hardship. Because when you come to it, it's not hardship. It's your Father. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's time with him. But I believe God wants to, he wants to unblock our ears to hear his voice afresh. Now we started off by saying, that's all I want to say this morning. I want us to be a people who know the voice of our Father. Now I can say that to you and I leave it with you. Three simple things. Pray, read the word, speak in tongues. As you do that, the Holy Spirit is going to cut through in a new and sharp way that you're going to hear his voice. Because there's some of you who hear, your lives are so full of static. And that's not to condemn anyone. It's just the way things have gone. Things have got busy for you. Things have begun to overwhelm you. It's time to speak to the static. It's time to speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. Know this great calm. Say, and now Jesus is with me. What do you want to say, Lord? What do you want to say about this situation? What do you want to say about this? You need to know what the Father is saying. It's going to unlock situations. Situations we're facing. Here's what we're going to do right now because we've got some time. Are you ready to wait on the Lord? I'm going to ask you in a little while to stand to your feet. We're going to do this because I believe that God wants to demonstrate here. I believe God wants to demonstrate that he's a speaking God, that we're a listening people, and that the reality that's inside can affect everything that's outside. He's going to affect situations today. Now, we started off by saying as well that uh, as we trust in him, he'll fill us with all joy and all peace. Yeah? So that by the power of his Holy Spirit, we will overflow in hope. The God of hope wants to fill you as you trust him. So I'm going to ask Josh and the band if they'll just come back. And we're going to spend some time. And I want to encourage you to take this upon your lips. Lord, I trust you. Now, I don't know all of your situations. I know some of them. I know some of you are going through some very real and difficult situations. But I want you to know whatever you're going through, there is no situation or crisis that is bigger than the name of Jesus. I want you to know that the solution to whatever you're facing is not outside of Christ. It's in him. And I want to encourage you. Let's stand to our feet. The musicians are going to lead us in a song, but we're just going to begin to tell him again that we love him and that we trust him. And there are some things then on my heart that God has put on my heart for people in this room. I know some other people have said that God has spoken to them for people here today. So we're just going to administrate that. And the Holy Spirit is going to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But can I just encourage you, draw close to him right now. In all that you've heard, Come back to this place. Lord, I trust you. And it is my desire, God of hope, that I would be like you and overflow to the world with hope.
He's going to put his finger on some things in our lives this morning. He said, you can make room for me there. You can make room for me there. You can tighten that up. But that's not to condemn you. He doesn't come to condemn. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But as we draw close to him right now, he's going <laughs> to he's going to presence himself in an even more powerful way than he's already here with us right now. But Josh, if you'll just lead us in a song, and then the Holy Spirit's going to move. Amen? Amen.